Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Allison Reederer, a registered dietitian and founder of Root and Rise Academy, who focuses on career resources and coaching for current and future registered dietitians. Allison and I connected by being on the same cheerleading team for all registered dietitians. She has created a space to help RDs navigate their careers in a positive and productive way. She almost quit her job and almost left the dietetic profession because she wasn't happy with the current job that she was in. This led to her working with a mentor and finding the path of teaching. She is a dietetic program coordinator by day and helps other dietitians in the same circumstances she found herself in by night. So please enjoy my conversation with Allison. Well, I, as I was just saying before I hit record, I secretly, I think this podcast is more for me because I am so interested in learning more about you as a human, as a dietitian. And I just love everything that you're doing for our community of dietitians. I secretly think that we need to form a dietitian cheerleader group and you could be our leader. Um, (laughs) But I kind of want to know more about Allison. Like, how did you get into dietetics? Maybe we can start there and then to kind of where you're at now and all the things that you're doing. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. I think uh, the, the excitement is is mutual here. I'm just, yeah, it's awesome. Um, a little bit about me. I So I didn't even know what dietitians were when I was in college. I didn't know they existed. I had never heard of one. I I did not, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up in a family where... Um, you know, my parents were in the medical profession. I, my mom's a teacher. My dad worked in business. And um, so I, what I knew of healthcare was really just like, I was lucky. I was very, you know, lucky in the sense that I just knew it as preventative care. Um, and that did not include a dietitian. So I'm in school and studying uh, biochemistry because I'm a huge nerd. And I just <laughs> kept taking that. That's a tough, like, major biochemistry. Holy moly. Well, it's amazing that I can read and write because if I could just do like math equations all day, I would be happy to. Um, that's just how my brain works. And I loved it. And so I just kept taking the classes. And I mean, it wasn't that quote unquote easy, but like that was the kind of the obvious major. And I never really thought about what I was going to do after that. And so I made it through my biochemistry major. And then I was like, oh, crap, I did a job. I had no idea what I was going to do. So I ended up working in one of my professors at, I, I went to school at UW-Madison, which has a great dietetics program, but I still didn't know yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> I ended up working in one of my professor's labs as a lab tech. And so I was doing research, like bench research with pipettes and all of, all of the bench research things and uh, hated it. And I would sit there and read articles about nutrition all day. And I would think to myself, gosh, I love learning about how the human body works. 
I just don't want to go to fill in the blank health professional school, med school, pharmacy school, PA school, nursing school. I didn't, I didn't want to do any of that. And then all of a sudden I saw the, the word dietitian and I was like, what? <laughs> so I looked it up and I had one of those really silly, like moments where a light, if there were a light bulb over my head, it would have gone off. And I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And so Um, I ended up going back to grad school and doing a coordinated master's program in uh, nutrition science at the University of Utah, um, where I got a master's degree and I did all the DPD coursework and my internship all together in two years. Oh my gosh. It was was great. I I loved it. I mean, they have a fantastic program, Um, but that's what I did. I became a dietitian and then I worked in the VA for... Three years. I worked at the Salt Lake City VA. Um, I did renal nutrition and I um, ended up an inpatient and I did, ended up running their weight management program. And that was like my goal job to run their weight management program. It was, I, I thought I had the rest of my life laid out in front of me. And then I got the job and quickly realized it wasn't for me. Um, I, you know, I, I did well in it, but it just, at that time in my life, I was going through my own, you know, hurdles of health and, um, my relationship with food and my body. And I was in the trenches of, of my own battle with an eating disorder. And so the two just didn't go together. And, uh, so I had this moment where I was like, I don't understand how can I do this profession while also not not knowing, like, I'm still evolving my true feelings about food. And um, luckily, I I was able to make it through that. But in that, as I was, you know, getting treatment and coming out of the trenches of that, um, I had the opportunity to teach. And again, it was like this light bulb went off. It was just, I had been through my own evolution of not only learning about food, but also learning how I understand food culture to be and how our body uses food. And um, how our culture can manipulate that and, and all of the kind of mental garbage that uh, mm-hmm. diet culture has given us. And so then I had this amazing opportunity to teach college students and teach them about nutrition, but then also like share with them this idea that like, it doesn't have to be scary. Um, and I went on to teach. I taught at the University of Utah for the past five years. And um, just recently I started, I took a position managing a coordinated master's program at the University of Minnesota. And that's what I'm doing now. That's really awesome. So, I mean, like, how did you just get an opportunity to teach? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was not that easy. So, um, when I was in school, so it was just, it was a combination, long story short, it was a combination of um, hard work and like always, always giving my best in something and maintaining relationships. So here's what I always tell students, dietitians, anyone I talk to, your relationships are the center of your life. And that's your personal life. That's your professional life. In this case, I'm talking about my professional life. So when I was in school, I worked my butt off. I, you know, 
I didn't know how to say no, which was, you know, my own battle that I had to learn to hold boundaries and say no, but I just constantly went above and beyond. Um, and so I left school with some really great relationships and I really had clicked with our program director at the time and she had kind of become my mentor. And so I stayed in, I stayed in communication with her. I didn't just leave and never look back. Um, and so she was, she was a part of my life as I went through my first, um, several years of my career and kind of had my like dietetics career, personal crisis, so to speak. Um, and all along I had been talking to her about like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I I don't even know if I'm going to be a dietitian anymore. Um, at one point in time I was going to go to PA school. Another point in time I was going to be a, a biomedical engineer. And then I thought I was going to be a social worker. I mean, I had, I had all the plans and she said, well, listen, we have one, we have one night class that needs to be taught and we need coverage for one semester. And you know, you, it's advanced nutrition. You're a biochemistry major. Um, you really excelled in this class and in all of your kind of classes here. Uh, what do you think of, of doing a one-off adjunct teaching position? Don't, you know, don't, don't quit your job. It's at night. You know, it was totally up to you. And I said, yes. Um, and so I tried it and it was tough. It was a tough semester. Teaching is, is not easy. Um, but I did it and it was great. And, um, this is a little bit of luck. They happen to have a position open up for, a uh, what they call a career line instructor. So an instructor who doesn't do research, just year to year contract and teaches. Hmm. And I applied, um, and I think, you know, because of, because of my performance in school, because of my performance teaching at one class, because of, um, the relationships I had built, I, I was offered the position. That's and, really awesome. Um, yeah. And make no mistake. It was a, probably a 30% pay cut. I mean, it was, it was, I made the decision for my, my happiness. I made the decision for, uh, other values. And This is, you know, here's another thing I talk to dietitians about you, like, you know, you got to pay your bills, but money is not the end all be all. And that was a decision I made in my career that was not about money. And it was the best decision I've ever made. I think that right there, I think is a huge thing that doesn't get talked about enough because, well, first of all, we didn't go into dietetics thinking that we were going to make a lot of money. Did we? Right. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, I sometimes, and this is not going to be a, I know this may not, is not a popular thing to say. Like, yes, we need to make more money. But sometimes when I hear people talk about, you know, we don't make money, we don't make money. I'm like, seriously, are you just realizing that? Right. (laughs) We knew this. This is, this, we knew this. Yes, we did. <laughs> well, and I and I think why well, I, I also think that if you're basing, which a lot of people do base their happiness on money and they forget like why they're in the profession in the first place, then you probably shouldn't be in that profession. Yes. If that's all you're focused on. And you know what I think my suspicion and I don't necessarily have data to back this up, but my suspicion is when people complain about not getting paid enough, 
you could take that anything referencing money out and it's actually I'm not respected. I don't feel valued at work. I don't feel effective at my job. My job doesn't align with my personality or my values. Like it's, I don't, I don't believe it's actually about the money. I think there's something about the career paths that people end up in, in dietetics that is unfulfilling. I would agree with you. Yeah. I think it's because we aren't we aren't taught how to find jobs that light us up. We aren't taught to critically evaluate who we are and what we know and what we value to combine and, and streamline that into our careers. We're not taught that. We're taught a lot of other things about scoop sizes and tube feeding and how to make mashed potatoes, but we're not taught how to navigate our careers. Well, and you're a perfect, I mean, your situation is perfect example with that. Just like you were a young dietitian, you were ready to get out. You were like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done. I don't think I want to do this. I mean, you'd been a dietitian for how long when you kind of felt that way? Two years. Two years. Yeah. And I, I just talked to a dietitian last night. She felt that six months after becoming a dietitian. I've had people reach out to me since I've been, um, with Root and Rise Academy on Instagram, I've had people reach out to me that are in their internships. And and they've said, and these, are, these are anecdotal, right? But they've said, I can't turn back. Like, it's too late. But like, I don't want to, I don't, this is not, I don't like this. Oh my gosh. And so how do you, not, go ahead. I was like, how do you, I mean, like, how do you talk to someone about that? And that's hard because that's, you know, like you said, yes, you can turn back or yes, you can quit or whatever you want to do. But is it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? Or they just don't know what they're going to do as a dietitian or they're just unclear of their future as in this profession? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think every person is individual. And so I think the way that I approach it is um, kind of the same way that I approached it with myself, which was through a little bit of trial and error. So, you know, when I have conversations like this with people, I say like, okay, tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you like. And then tell me what you thought this was going to be like and tell me what it actually is like. And as we talk through the pain points and the frustrations, but also the wins and the successes and what they like studying in, in school and all of that, oftentimes, not every single time, but oftentimes, times you can start to see, oh, well, have you ever thought about, you know, going into the space of like public education and working in um, educating kids about food as it relates to the cafeteria and planning menus and things? Have you ever thought about that? And they might say, well, yeah, I thought about it, but my internship rotation was so X, Y, Z, I would never do it. And it's like, well, Hmm. maybe we need to like open up your idea of what that could look like. Because I think there's so many, there are so many things we can do as dietitians, but we are not taught how to do them and find them. You know, you hear, I listen to your podcast and we have these amazing dietitians that are doing phenomenal things and they have found their way, but how, you know, like what, when a person is graduating, when they're six months out of school, how can you help that person have have faith that they're going to actually be able to find their way to that? And it's it's through having these conversations, I think, and having like a mentor or kind of a like you said, like a cheerleader, like a career cheerleader to say, yeah. like, 
don't sell yourself short. Like know your value, know what you like, know what you don't like, and let's sit down and find it. And so do you feel like when you obviously, like you said, you had your own personal struggles, like with an eating disorder and you were in this job where you were having to teach weight loss and there was a conflict for you personally. Mm-hmm. Don't you, don't you feel like, I feel like that happens often for many dietitians, but they just stay in a job because it's a job, it's stability, it's a paycheck, it's insurance and it's all those things. And mm-hmm. so they're just like, well, you know, I just, I don't have a choice. This is it. This is it for me. And I don't, I don't know what else I'm going to do. And so like with your yeah. personal, yeah, with like your personal experience, you did the complete opposite. You were like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And so does that where Root and Rise Academy kind of came from? Do you, it was this, the space that you wanted to fill knowing your own personal experience is happening to so many other people? Yes, I think um, Root and Rise Academy came out of, you know, I was, I, you know, I had the idea, not, not, not the idea, but I had the, like, the itch to do something like this. Honestly, a couple of years ago when I was working at the University of Utah and working with dietetic students that would come to me and say, like, but what do I do now? Like, what do I, what, yeah. like, what do I do? And, um, and I knew I had gone through it and I had heard other colleagues that had gone through it. And, um, I, I just thought to myself, like there's, we need like support and don't get me wrong. The Academy does have professional development support. They do. There's, that's not to say it's not out there, but support in a way that feels like it's your friend or feels like it's your, like, like you're sitting down with a cup of coffee and just talking with somebody about, about it and talking openly and without judgment, without expectation. And like, that's really where Root and Rise um, came from is wanting to create a space where people feel comfortable to just say, whoa, put the brakes on. Like, this is not what I expected. Maybe I feel kind of stuck, but I can't talk to my boss about it. And I can't, I'm not in contact with people from school anymore and I don't want to talk to my colleagues about it. And my parents don't get it. My best friend doesn't get it. My partner doesn't get it. You know, I want to talk to somebody who gets it. And and that's really what root and rise is designed to be is to have, you know, that place where someone's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And you can understand you can like, I guess I like your approach because like you said, so many people don't understand unless they're in it, especially in our profession. You don't get a dietitian unless you are one. I don't think yeah. and you don't, you don't need someone to sugarcoat anything for you at that point. You need someone to just be like, Hey, here's the deal. Let's talk yeah. about it, but let's be realistic about it too. So it's, I like that conversation piece and that, ability to like be realistic in the conversation. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing. I think the way that our dietetics train, like education system is set up is, you know, we get a ton of, well, a ton, a lot of support, um, as we're becoming dietitians. And then if we don't, you know, then it's just kind of not gone, but it dissipates. And Mm -hmm. That like you don't become a dietitian by accident. Like it is not a profession where you're like, well, uh, I guess I'll just 
do this. Like it just, that just is <laughs> not possible. And yeah, so no. we fight so hard to become dietitians. I think sometimes, sometimes I think people maybe expect their career to be like the victory lap. And it's just, that's just not the way it works. That's interesting. No, you're right. And I, I, I always think back to the end of my internship. I remember the last day of my internship and I remember our director, she read us this little book and then she was like, okay, bye. Good luck. And it was just like, that's it? like, that's all we get. And I felt like, oh my God, that's depressing. We just did this for how many months and you don't get that support after you finish your internship. It's like done. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, on one hand, I get it. Cause to be fair, like internship programs. And I mean, now even as a program director, I'm like, yeah, right. I, I want, I want to, I want to support you. I want to be there for you. And if you reach out to me, I will be there for you. But also I got 22 students plus over here that like need me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think we also have to get in the, not in the habit, but like, we have to almost normalize talking about these things. Cause I think the idea of going back to a program director or reaching out to a colleague or um, even reaching out to a mentor or a coach or something like that is like, I don't admitting, I don't want to say admitting failure, but it's almost like people don't want to admit like I need help. I don't like this. Sometimes I think people would rather just find another profession, which is, is yeah. sad. And that's why like, we have to normalize the fact that like, it's okay to struggle and try to find your way. And I was with you. I'm the same way. Like I felt the same way you did. Like there was a point where I was like, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't know why mm-hmm. I just don't want to do it. But I, I, I ended up having to have someone that like in the dietetics field, like be like, well, why don't you like it? Like kind of what you're doing and yeah. talk talk you through it and just mm-hmm. find out what the real reason is of why you don't before you just leap and go. Like you need to do some investigating. And I love that that's what you're doing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, that's what I say to people. I say, listen, like you need to do the work, like do the, don't before you turn around and invest any more time or money into another path, do the work. Because you've already invested time and money into this path. And there might be something out there that you just haven't seen yet. So true. So like maybe walk me through, I know that you, how, how do you balance your, you know, your job, your director job and this, the Root and Rise Academy? Like how does a day, how do you balance it all out? (laughs) Um, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> is the short answer. The long, the long answer is um, my job, my day job comes first. It has to. Um, I love it. It's it's challenging in really good ways. And in, I mean, in really hard ways, but your job is supposed to challenge you. Like we're supposed to grow in our jobs. And so at least that's what I want. That's one of my values. Everybody is different, but one of my values is a job that pushes me where I grow. And um, so my day job, my program director job comes first and um, root and rise fills in kind of the cracks of time that I can get it in. 
Um, I don't do it particularly well, which admittedly is why sometimes I ghost Instagram because I am in the thick of my life outside of work and my life in work. And I just don't even, I just can't even come up for air. And if I do, it's not for Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, sure. And I mean, that's one of the things that, that I'm constantly trying to work on. Cause this is root and rise Academy is something I really, truly, you know, believe in. Um, but it is a matter of like, you know, they say we like fill your, fill your cup with the big rocks first and then the smaller rocks and then the sand. And so like you, I have to figure out what my big rocks are and my big rocks right now are my family and, and my, my job, which supports my family. And so, um, you know, balance is a myth. I don't really think there, I think work and life for me, because the nature of being in academia, work and life just like blend together into this really great shade of gray that I paint my whole house in. <laughs> I like that. That's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the educator in me. My analogies are either like spot on or at least people like, uh, what? Like, what is so, she talking about? Yes. <laughs> you get that blank look at you going, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. And then like the handful of students in the audience that give me a courtesy laugh. Oh, sure. They're like, ah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there she goes again. <laughs> well, and I'm sure being a, a program coordinator, that's, I mean, that's not just, you know, these are your office hours and that's it because you again, have to take care of students and have to take care of preceptors and you have all this stuff going on. So it's not probably just, Hey, this is my window and this is, I'll get everything done in this time. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. And it is, it is, you know, it's, it's an unbelievably challenging job and a demanding job and, and a job that comes with a ton of uh, responsibility because I mean, it sounds maybe I, I don't mean to inflate it, but in a very small way, I'm, I'm helping to shape, you know, the field of dietetics as far as like dietitians going into the field. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it carries an immense amount of responsibility. Um, but that's kind of why I went into it because I experienced, I experienced such great mentors and such great preceptors and such great, instructors uh, and professors at the University of Utah that I wanted to, you know, try to be that for other dietitians. And um, it was those experiences and those relationships that I think kept me in the field when I would have otherwise left. And that's why I think everyone needs to be a preceptor or so, some type of preceptor or mentor or something sometime in your career because you're missing out on such a huge opportunity to mm -hmm. either re like reignite your passion for the profession or just be helpful along a you know a crossing for someone who's in the field or the impact is crazy and you don't even really realize it unless you do it. It is. And, you know, don't get me wrong. It is, it is not, it doesn't make your job easier. It doesn't no. save you oh, time. No. Like, <laughs> you know, but it, it, there is that element of, I just, I don't know if, I don't know if excitement is a word, but just like refresh, like refreshing that can happen. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, students even have the amazing ability to like teach preceptors things. Like I didn't, I hardly knew what Canva was the like graphic design app (laughs) before I had a student back in Utah. And I remember being like, where are all these people getting these amazing, you know, graphics or, you know, Instagram posts or flyer designs. And they were like, well, Canva. And I was like, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I agree with you. They teach you. I, that's why I like having them because they'll, I always learn something every time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you, I think when, it's, go ahead. I was saying, so when you, um, when you work and have those opportunities, like being a preceptor or a mentor, is that kind of the take that you take that you are doing with your room rise? Are you taking clients? Like maybe walk me through a pr- the process of working with you. Like if someone's in that, that crossroads yeah. in their life, their profession, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, at Rude rise, I have a, a couple different ways of working with people. Um, I do have, uh, like group virtual group workshops that I am, I put on or, and that is where I basically have a work, a workbook that I've developed. And, um, when people sign up for the workshop, they get the workbook, they, they do the, the like introspection and self-reflection and, um, kind of fill out what their ideal day is and, you know, just kind of do the like quote unquote work of thinking through themselves and their interests. And then at the workshop, the workshop is designed to put it all together and create a a plan for moving forward. And so it's a matter of saying, okay, now you've done this work. You've thought through what your interests are, what your passions are, what your skill set is, where your knowledge lies. And then also like what kind of compensation benefits work environment you want so let's get on a call and I'll have, you know, several people on a call together and we'll do some different like case studies that I've designed of saying, okay, here's a rundown of what somebody had written on their sheet. Um, here are some examples of careers and jobs that, that she or he or, or they might pursue. And here's why. And so I kind of help them take that vision of, okay, I've done all this work of thinking through myself and my, my interests and, and values and all of that. But what does that mean as far as my dietetics career? So I have that as kind of a group, um, program. Uh, and then there's also kind of individual coaching. And when I do individual career coaching with people, um, it's a matter of taking that whole process and just really breaking it down on an individual level. Um, and there's just a little bit more, one on, there's just a one-on-one aspect to it where we actually have the conversations and that, you know, is going to add accountability and it's going to add, um, you know, some, some more thought provoking questions. Like we can go down a path of, you know, I'll ask a question of, okay, so this is my favorite one. And I think you've seen it before, but you know, if, if adulting weren't a thing, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, is, totally entertaining, but then there's something to be gleaned from that answer because what I would do if adulting didn't matter. So if, if, if money and healthcare and insurance and retirement and putting a roof over my daughter's head, if none of that mattered, I would 
be a Broadway performer. Unfortunately, I have no talent. And so I, that is not a viable career path for me um, for a myriad of reasons. Talent just being one of the reasons. Uh, but I teach and I love teaching. And in a sense, like that's, that is my version of Broadway. I mean, you know, I, I don't sing or dance, but like I'm running all over the stage and I'm like getting people out of their seats. It's a, it is an educational performance for me. And so, you know, the one-on-one work, the coaching allows, allows me to give that kind of in-person feedback and, and dynamic feedback of saying, okay, I hear you saying this. Can you see how this could translate into this part of dietetics? And oftentimes people don't see it because we're taught mm-hmm. this like tunnel vision of like, we can do clinical or we can do public health or we can do food service. And what exists beyond that is like in the kind of in the shadows and people don't always realize it. And so my whole process broken down is a matter of getting people to look at their interests and passions, their knowledge and skill, and then the kind of compensation and work environment they need or want. And where all of those things overlap is, you know, where we're going to find that sweet spot of their career. And there are always going to be compromises, but until you know what you're looking for, it's hard to find your dream career. And it's hard to figure out the compromises that you're willing to do. Exactly. One of the things that got me down the path of Root and Rise Academy, um, and I haven't been able to build it out yet. And so, you know, if if someone's listening to this and they want to build it out, run with it. But it's a matter (laughs) of um, giving some support and resources around parents who are coming or anyone who's coming back from an extended leave, like an extended work employment break. Okay. And how, how can we support them getting back in the, the workforce if they want and in a way that they want? So, you know, I, I have a, I have a toddler and I happen to work full time outside the home, but what if I wanted to take two years off and be with my daughter and then go back to work part time but with a flexible schedule or work from home part-time, what would that look like? And there, there are not resources to help those men and women balance. Okay. I want to, I want to, I'm coming back from an extended break. How do I get back in and how do I make it fit my reality of being somewhere along the scale of not working and working full time? Because those are not the only two options. Options. Yeah. But I think a lot of people think that is the only option. If you, if you don't exactly. do that, you're not going to find a good career. You're not going to find a great job. Yeah. And, you know, that is, that's one of the big misconceptions. And I think it keeps some really talented and passionate people out of the workforce. And like, I am 100% supportive of of anyone's choice of what, you know, not working, working. It's, you know, I, I'm not saying anyone should do one thing, but I want people to feel supported in doing exactly what they want to do. And when you're, you're, yeah, when you're falling in between the black or white, stay home or work, uh, 
there's not a lot of support there to help you navigate that. And that's, that's one of the, f- the future directions of Root and Rise. It's one of the things I, I kind of can help people do now, but at the same point in time, like the more the merrier. If anybody else wants to do it and help people, let's, let's get this train going. Let's start it. <laughs> yeah. What do you, do you feel? So thinking about, like you said um, earlier, you were talking about how people are, aren't feeling like they're compensated for their job enough, but it's not necessarily the money part. It's all these other things. So what do you think, where do you see the common trend of dietitians being dissatisfied with their current jobs? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, well, I think, you know, dietetics is a profession that's inherently in, 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 uh, tension, I would say not, not conflict, but just in tension with, um, you know, anyone that eats who could call them, who calls themselves a food expert, you know, just, and, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's, I think what I, what I commonly hear people talking about in dietetics is, well, well, we're the real food experts. Well, why don't people talk to us? Well, why don't people ask us? So I, I get the sense that it's just this idea of, of lack of recognition and respect and being valued. And, and yeah, we work hard and, and we work hard to become dietitians and we pay a lot of money to become dietitians and we put in a lot of time and energy to become dietitians only to then go out in the world. And if you're operating outside of a hospital, you know, maybe you have a colleague who's doing a very similar job who isn't a quote unquote dietitian, doesn't have the credentials. Um, and so I think that introduces a lot of, uh, frustration into our, our, our workforce. Um, and you know, I think it's, it's really challenging because that is very real. Like that is, that is real. It's hard to feel like you work so hard for something and um, for a set of skills and a set of knowledge, and then it's not utilized or respected. Um, But I think there's other, how do I say this? I think there's other places to look for satisfaction and they come from jobs that light you up jobs that just you know, yes, there are hard days and yes, there are rough patches. And yes, you come across weeks that are just crappy, but where the the majority of the time you come home thinking, Oh, I, that is, I like what I do. I, I, it's less about maybe the, the recognition and less about feeling valued and more about having that sense of like, I did something helpful today. Mm-hmm. And when we're not when we're not feeling valued and we're not feeling maybe even recognized, it's hard to feel like you're doing something helpful. And and isn't that a big reason of why we got into dietetics is to help people? Absolutely. And like, you know, of course, it. we all want to feel good at our jobs. But there's no like perfect job. And I think Nope. I don't know. Like I feel I just I feel like I feel like the internship is great, but I also feel like it definitely is like it's just so positive and it's so like exciting Mm -hmm. and there's so much new stuff and it just like keeps the intern on this high the whole time and I think it's a big letdown after they actually get into the workforce and then they're like wait 
this is this is what it is like this is depressing absolutely and because when i and you know i there's no easy way around it but you know, I talked to some of our amazing preceptors and they're like, and this day they're going to see this and this day I'm going to send them yeah. here and this day they're going to see this. And, and part of me, I, I don't, let me be clear. I don't do this, but part of me is like, let's just show them the day to day, like what yeah. your job actually looks like. Because I think the internship sometimes can be misleading because you're hopping all around. They give you the, you know, often, not always, but they give you, you know, interesting cases and, and interesting projects and you're out in the community or you're, you know, developing a menu and it, and it negates the fact that our job is not always that exciting. Right. Right. You have to grind it out some days. It's not always just like, woohoo, this is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so if you really step back and think about it, so you go through, you're totally right. You go through this internship. That's like, bing, bang, boom. Hi here. Exciting there. Maybe like, okay, I didn't like that, but it was short. It was short lived. So I get to move on to something else. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you're just like shot out into space and it's like, wait, uh, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, now my job is like, you know, not as exciting and my patients aren't listening to me and (laughs) I can't get patients to show up. And, uh, you know, my stakeholders in the community are like not cooperating and, all the things. Not responding to my email. Yes. And yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's why I think like you're, what you're doing with Root and Rise is fantastic because it doesn't matter if you're in year one or if you're in year 30 of your career, you don't have to settle. You don't have to be in the same place, but you do have to figure out what you want out of your career and your life. They all go together and you just mm-hmm. need some help navigating that. Yes. And I think there's a, there's a mindset element to when you can say, okay, I don't love this job, but this job allows me to have flexibility to, um, make sure that I can, uh, like be home when I want to be home or this job gives me the benefits that I need to take care of myself right now or this job is is helping me pay the bills and I am going to start, you know, exploring and doing the work to find my next path. It's like a little bit of mindset work of, okay, it's not great now, but this is why I'm here. This is why I'm staying and I'm making the choice to stay as opposed to like, you know, you see those memes of like a dog that walks itself into a corner and then it says like, well, I guess I just live here now. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. not, you don't have to be that. You don't have, you're not stuck. Make your choices with intention. And if you stay in a job that you're not happy in, know why and have a plan. That's okay. And that can make a big difference for, you know, for people, um, as opposed to just kind of letting the wind blow them, whatever direction the wind happens to be blowing. Because if you don't have a plan, then you don't have, I mean, then you don't have like a purpose. I think your plan helps you either keep thinking about it or keep doing things to get towards the plan or to work through the plan if you're not happy in your current job. So you have to, like you said, you have to have some type of a plan. Absolutely. And I mean, you think about, 
not all dietitians are type A, but you think of the stereotype of dietitians. We don't like to operate without plans. No. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, yeah, let's sit down and let's make a plan. Even if you don't. So another thing that I work with people on is saying, okay, here's where you are in your career right now. Here's what you like and don't like. Let's do the work of exploring where you might want to go. And then let's make a plan of how you're going to get there in three years or five years. Or, you know, I, I, I kind of let clients, you know, call the timeline. And even if life changes and your plan changes, having that sense of like, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. These are the like, these are the relationships I'm really focusing on building because I, I love these people and I like supporting them. And in turn, they like supporting me. And these are the, you know, this is what I'm doing. And this is why it's so helpful. Even if that plan changes. Maybe. So I know we were talking about um, just kind of make sure that you're nurturing all sides of your life. Like your career is a big part of your life, but your personal life and making sure that you're also paying attention to those parts of your life too, because that can also affect your satisfaction in your job. If home life sucks, then uh, I mean, work, you can't even like focus on work. So I feel like that could be an issue that a lot of people do struggle with too. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it, I think it goes both ways. I think when, like, I think we, we all have to get better at giving ourselves like grace and saying like, okay, this part of my life, whether it's professional, personal, family, health, whatever it is, this part of my life needs to be like moved up my priorities right now for the time being, which means other things need to move down. And I'm not going to let, you know, I'm not going to get fired from my job, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be like in it every day trying to like, I'm just in maintenance mode because this other part of my life needs me. And then sometimes that switches and your job needs you. And the other part of your life kind of like goes to the, not off the burner, but just like to the side a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I think so often we get stuck in this cycle of no, everything's important and everything needs 100% of my attention. And I, you know, I need to be the, you know, the best at everything and on top of my game at everything. And we're so hard on ourselves that we end up running ourselves into the ground and that's where burnout comes in. And that's why I'm so glad Jess at empowering dietitians is doing what she's doing because we also need people talking about burnout and taking care of ourselves and boundary setting and all of these other parts of living happy and healthy lives that can be hard. Absolutely. And it's okay to feel that way. Like it's okay that you feel burnout or it's okay if you don't feel like everything's going as planned. But the biggest part of that is finding help, finding someone that can help you navigate those things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes asking for help, maybe in a couple different, not in a couple different ways. Like we are so hard at asking for, we're so bad at asking for help mm-hmm. that like one time in the middle of a conversation, you know, I'll say like, oh yeah, I could really use help with this, but you know what? It's not that big of a deal. And then an hour later, I'm like, well, I asked for help. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I can relate to that too. <laughs> I know we're so good at minimizing and, and, you know, trying to just make it all work and make it all happen. But like the, the older I get, I guess the more I realize and, and usually the hard way that like, it's, I am not alone in any any part of my life and even though I might think if it's to be it's up to me like I not only have to ask for help but then when somebody offers it I have to say yes Mm -hmm. because I can't even tell you how many times someone you know just in different areas of life you know asks like hey can I help with xyz and I'm like "Ah, no nope I got it but you know thanks I'll let you know (laughs) I and I yeah done that too it's like oh no it's all it's okay i got it it's no big deal yeah. then, I, then under my breath i'm like oh i can't do all of this <laughs> i know and then it's like why am i so alone it's like well <laughs> well because you, kinda, away. <laughs> you did that to yourself girl <laughs> well, oh I, gosh we're just we're just the best we <laughs> we recognize it though and that's that's good like we know we're that way it can also be our first asset too yeah. i mean it's a it's a catch 22 in that way too. But I think, I think like you said, Jess, and I think there's just so many people that are out there as dietitians that are doing fantastic things to support other dietitians. And that's, I think that's why I was drawn to you so much. And I wanted you to share more about what you do because it's a very unique, I just love your, your Instagram posts are fantastic. They're informative, they're realistic, and they usually touch on something that a person is feeling that day or has felt once in their life. So I think all dietitians can relate to what you're putting out there and definitely could use your assistant. Oh, thanks. That's really, that's so kind of you to say. I think, you know, I think in our profession, and this is one of the things that I try to do with Root and Rise is like, we struggle enough. Like we don't need to I feel trite saying this, right? Cause it's like such a, such a stereotypically female thing to do, but like, we don't need to tear each other down. Like no. what we need to do is lift each other up. And like, we all at one point or another are struggling and at one point or another need each other and need someone around them to just look at them and say, I see you and you are doing a good job. And I don't care if you got your note done in 24 hours, you are doing the best <laughs> that you can. And I see that and I see you and me seeing you doesn't mean that I'm not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Like we have to like this abundance mindset. Like we have to understand that like, okay, just because I'm talking about how to figure out your career doesn't mean we don't need 500 other people talking about how to figure out your career because mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to talk about it in a different way that someone else talks about it. And that's going to resonate with someone different. And the more we talk about it, the better it's going to get. And like, we all just, I, maybe I'm being too kumbaya, but like, no, we all just need to recognize that like, hello, there's space, there's space for all of us. And just because someone's over there doing something awesome, doesn't mean that you're, what you're doing is any less awesome. Right. And we all can win if we support each other and create that space where we all fit. Yeah. Yeah. And like, how cool to see, like, aren't we all out here to like make dietetics, dietetics better? Yeah. And so like, 
why wouldn't why wouldn't we support each other? Because for every person out there doing something good, our profession gets better. Right. Right. And other people recognize that, not just dietitians, but other professions and other professionals and other entities. And that's the kind of message we want to put out there. So then we get that positive reaction and feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think it's instead of like, I think there's, there's work to be done to elevate our profession, period. I I see that. I recognize that. But I think sometimes doing that work can mean us just almost putting our heads down and just doing a great job. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean always saying, no, we want more money, more recognition, more this, more that. Like, what if part of the strategy was us just showing up in amazing ways and then waiting for the opportunity to be like, oh, did you see all these things that I did that are equivalent to this other person and they get paid this and I get paid this? There's a problem. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of it's sometimes how we how we approach those compensation conversations, which is another thing that, you know, we're not necessarily taught how to do. No, gosh, no. It needs to be like dietitian internship part two, the real deal. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. But that's kind of amazing. Kind of what you're doing though, a little bit in your in your Root and Rise Academy, which is really cool. Yeah, thanks. We're I'm, I'm certainly I'm trying. And I think it's um you know, I remember when I I was talking with um, one of my, one of my colleagues and I was talking to her about this. And I, I remember saying, because like starting, starting something is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And even if you believe in it, and even if you know that it's important, it's still, it's still scary to be the one to like stand up and say, I have something to say, even if it's on Instagram, even if it's to no one, even if it's, it's scary, period. And so I remember early on when I was starting Root and Rise, I think I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll just get on and I'll put my idea out there and hope that someone steals it <laughs> and then goes on and does like amazing <laughs> things with it because I'm too, I, that's just too scary. And, you know, I had to get over that and, I, you know, I, we need more people doing this work. So it's not, a, you know, stealing is not, sure. not the way that I look at it, but like, I was like, maybe I could just give somebody else the idea and they could do the work. And it's like, no, Allison, you have to like, if you want other people to stand up and be brave and share, like say their piece and whatever their message is, say it and show up in this world. Like you have to do that too. <laughs> you have to do those scary things too. <laughs> yes. And it is scary. I, I still remember when I posted my first Instagram story, I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but like I posted it and then I threw my phone across the room and I ran away from it. <laughs> I was going to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, I thought like maybe if I just hide from my phone, 
no one will see it and no one will have anything <laughs> constructive to say and no one will have it. Just, I just, I'm just going to run away. You are so funny. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> see how far you've come, even in your, you know, like people probably perceive you as this like very strong and like, I got my shit together type person. And you're like, yeah, I run away from my phone. <laughs> I, I literally buried my phone in pillows and uh, <laughs> super awesome. Cool. <laughs> But just, at least I don't do that anymore but still it's kind of like I think we're so trained to like I don't know maybe it's I don't want to make it a female thing but maybe it's a female thing we're so trained to like you know be aware of what other people think and say and perceive and like not ruffle feathers and yes. all this stuff and it's like I'm not even ruffling feathers and and still like sharing a message I'm passionate about is like scary and it's it's just like oh man that's the thing. I need to get over that. It's ingrained deep in us. Like we don't even know, yeah. like you said, we don't even know where it comes from, but I, it is. It's just part of like our genetic makeup or something. Like we don't want to make waves. We don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to do anything to like hurt someone's feelings. And it's like, who cares? Just do it. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I think like as, as long as we're remaining open and on, like, here's the thing. Like, we all need to get more comfortable learning, learning like in public and to learn in public is to make mistakes for sure. And like we have, you know, this is a, a tangent, but like we talk so much like Tamara and the diversified dietetics group is doing such amazing things and it can be such a scary thing and a vulnerable thing to like engage and talk about it and learn. But like, how are we ever going to change if we don't learn and we have to learn publicly. It's just the way we can't hide until we're perfect and then come out. Right. That's not the way the world works. Right. (laughs) No, then yeah, then you're, then you're not, you're not doing a service to anyone by running away and then just popping out whenever things like you think is good to go. Right. And regardless of what it is, that applies to you, like what it is you're working on. And and in this case, kind of going back to root and rise, it was like, gosh, darn it. Like if I post one thing and it makes somebody feel less alone or it gives them an idea or, or whatever, and that's all it is, then like that was, that was valid. That was worth it. Absolutely. And if someone doesn't want to, if someone doesn't gain anything from it, that's okay too maybe when their friend is talking about feeling frustrated, they'll say, Oh, I saw this person post this thing and it might help you. It didn't help me, but like maybe check it out. And and you just like, this is all, these are just conversations that just need to be had. Absolutely. Well, I think you're creating amazing conversations um, in your Instagram for sure. I think you're thinking a little bit more about just, overall the profession and their careers. And I think you need to do that from time to time, regardless if you are hundred percent happy or 2% happy, you need to keep thinking and asking yourself those questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think asking yourself, like, this is part of living a intentional life, right? And just saying like, okay, time to reevaluate because you know what? Every chapter of life holds different goals. And so Gone are the days when we got one job and it was our job for the rest of our lives. Yeah. yeah. Like 
my dad worked for one company for his entire career and he was very lucky to do that. And it was a great path for him, but I have by, by choice, I have not kept a job for more than five years. I mean, I haven't gotten fired, but like, I, I haven't like, I've moved a jobs like every three to five years. And I don't necessarily intend to do that now in my current job, but like, it's kind of the way that professional world works these days. Yeah. It's so different. It's crazy. Like I even think of like dietitians that have, I mean, I know a few, they're much older than me, but have been in just one dietitian job their whole life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Huh? <laughs> like, I know. Perplexing to me. And sometimes I wish, sometimes I wish I had that kind of like, um, perspective on like, I like, I'm just like, I'm good. Like I just, I got my thing and I'm good. And and maybe I haven't found it yet, or maybe I'm just not that kind of person. person. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I know that would be kind of nice, but I just feel like just with all the opportunities that are out there for us in our, in our profession that. I don't see people sticking in a job for 40 plus years. No, I, I don't either. And I think that introduces a whole new host of um, conversations that need to be had, like how we onboard people because we have a lot more people changing jobs and onboarding is hard and people don't always do it very well. Um, So I think, you know, like it introduces a whole other level of like professional conversations that need to be had, but it, it just, there's no getting around it. It yeah, is what it is. For sure. Well, I'm excited to kind of see like where things go for you and Root and Rise Academy. And I, I always am an avid follower. And I hope that everyone listening, if you're not following Allison on Instagram, I will connect um, her in the show notes so you can get to her Instagram page and like her um, and follow her because you are providing so much value to this space and... Um, I can't imagine not following you at this point. So thank you so much for all you do. Oh my gosh. See, I'm bad at, I'm, I, we're also not good at accepting compliments. Thank you. That no. is very kind of you, but my eye is twitching. Like as you say that, I'm like, Oh, she's breaking out a cold sweat. Her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I, so I appreciate it. And I think this is just like all of these things, everything that I put out is, um, it's really coming, you know, from a, from a goal of, of, of helping and, and finding, you know, we are all stronger when dietitians are happy and like <laughs> happy dietitian, happy life. I don't know. Yeah. Like, we all just need like <laughs> dietitians to find their place so that, cause we're such powerful beings. And so like, if we find our place where we can just plant ourselves and grow, like imagine what we could be. And that's what I want to see. I think you're going to help it make, I think you're going to help make that happen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I sure hope so. (laughs) All right. So I have to end with my five ending questions. I hope you're up for the challenge, my dear. I'm ready. All right. Um, Share with me some foods that you enjoy. Cheese. Cheese. You are from Wisconsin though. That's I am. Yep. (laughs) You have a favorite Uh, kind of cheese? I... I mean, it depends on the day, but I always come back to Munster. Munster really? cheese. That's a good yeah. one. I always oh, forget about just, that. I always forget about right? Munster. Yeah. It's salty and like not creamy. like I like really strong cheeses too, but yeah, it's salty and creamy and just like, mm, yeah. So Munster cheese, but other foods, foods other than cheese. <laughs> um, I 
you know, I love, it kind of depends on the season, you know, but, um, I am a salty foods person. Like I am, I am that like once I embraced, you know, intuitive eating in my, in my journey with food, I found out that like, I am salty food all the way, maybe salty food, salty personality. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, I, I just, anything like a good crunchy salty potato chip or a you know a salty french fry or cheese or like I just I'm a savory food person that's good to recognize that though because then you tend to like go to like the intuitive eating part you tend to eat more of those foods and actually enjoy them more yeah yeah no I don't waste my time with 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 sweets ah come on I don't have time yeah (laughs) there's no room for that (laughs) um what beverages do you enjoy uh, depends on the hour of the day. If it's before <laughs> five o'clock, it's usually coffee or I am like a classic millennial sparkling water. Um, <laughs> and then if it's after five o'clock, it's usually a glass of wine or, um, a, I like, I'm a big fan of like a cup of tea before bed. Mm. Um, so water, coffee, wine and tea. <laughs> I like it. Good. All good combinations for the time of yeah. day. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite scent or smell? Ooh, um, I favorite scent. Well, lilacs. Mm. Um, I lilacs bloom on my right around my birthday. So my birthday's in May and growing up in the Midwest, lilacs were always blooming for my birthday. And my mom would always um, have a big vase of lilacs. And so the, the, the scent of like natural lilac, I don't like artificial lilac. Mm -hmm. I'm a purist. Yes. Um, uh, so the scent of natural lilacs and like spring just like equates, like reminds me of just love and family and my birthday and home. And, um, beyond that, I think it is, um, I love the scent of Mrs. Meyer's basil. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's really specific, but I love it. I do too. And I love lilacs too. And you're right. Like the real deal is the only smell for me too. But that base, the Mrs. Myers basil is amazing. Yeah. I even got the dryer sheets. I like them so much. I like that Ooh, smell so much. I've, I have not gotten the dryer sheets. Maybe I need to do that. Yeah. And you can recycle them, which was another bonus. Like you can put them oh, in your nice. recycling bin. So I was like, oh, yeah. it's old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, what kind of music do you like to listen to, or what are you listening to right now? I. It also depends on the day. Um, so I grew up in in band and in marching band and doing a little thing called drum corps, Ooh. and so I'm a big fan of um, like really. How do I say this? Like really power, like really like like music that just like like. Um, movie scores like music that when you listen to it you like feel the emotion Mm -hmm. of the music um so i'm a big fan of that and then i'm also a big fan of um like acoustic guitar music and i'm a child of the 90s so like dave matthews band i i know like i know that ages me but it's just like i just love it (laughs) i do i just end up going back to dave matthews band it's hard not to if you're a child of the 90s that's how i am too (laughs) you never get sick of it never and then like 
you know, it's just like when you grow up listening to something and you're in college when it's on, it's yeah. like, oh man, yeah. that's just memories. Takes you back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Allison, what brings you joy in life? Um, what brings me joy in life? My, my, my family, my husband, my daughter, my dog, my two cats, um, <laughs> being with them. I, we're kind of a circus, but, uh, we're a circus in the best possible way. And after, after that, after spending time with my family, I'm going to be really honest and I'm going to say sleep. Like I am like, I tell my husband, like my love language is sleep. Just let, like, just like, I need this, let me sleep. I'm a, I'm a night owl, not a morning person. And so like when he lets me like, just like sleep until nine and then like, I wake up and the coffee's made. That's like, I mean, there's nothing better in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least he understands that then and makes the coffee and has it waiting for you. Oh yeah. He's been around the block. He knows. He knows the deal. What's up? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I appreciate everything you do. This awesome conversation that we had. I think we definitely will connect. I know in person for sure. I know you live really close. I mean, you you live really close to me. So really like driving distance. So sometime I'm going to make my way to you so we can actually meet in person. But I just love everything that you're doing. So thank you. And thanks for your time. Thanks so much. Right back at you. I love listening to the podcast and I can't wait to hear about hear this next kind of round of guests that are going to come out. I You're the best. So I Aww. agree. We need to find a way to meet in person and that would be so much fun. Yes. I always, I, I told another dietitian and like, you know, even like Jess too, is like, we'd have like a dietitian cheerleading camp that we can all like get mm-hmm. together and rah-rah and be woo-woo a little bit. Cause I think we'd all connect really cool in person. So Yes, Maybe someday. I'll yeah, I'll bring the spirit stick in the wine. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dear. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. I'm very grateful for Allison. She has amazing insight, wisdom, and absolute realness when it comes to our profession. She shares great messaging and thought-provoking questions on her Instagram account. And I find myself appreciating the thought process I have after her post. I kind of look forward to them. It helps keeps me grounded and invested in my career. If you're in need of some help navigating your career at any point, you can find Allison's website and email address in the show notes. My website, AnnaElizabethArty.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcast show notes and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available to purchase on my website, and I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethArty. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.